Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Through Nick and Thin. The podcast where we watch every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order so that you don't have to. I'm your host, my name is Steve, and joining me as always is my lovely co-host, Hannah. Hannah, we're almost done, baby. I'm like trying to process this right now. I, 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 I thought I'd be more ready for this moment, and I don't think I am. Guys, we're, we are caught up. Caught up. We have watched every Nicolas Cage movie. That's out. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I mean... There are some in the works, so this sure. isn't the end of this podcast. Yeah. But and of course, there's an asterisk because we didn't really watch Dark or like Oh yeah, Grindhouse. All or right, we'll figure whatever. out how to watch. It's this. fine. It's fine. But yeah, we watched Nicolas Cage's 102nd feature film titled Pig, and what a way to end it off. Yeah. You know, people ask all the time. It's an unpopular opinion, so to speak. Is Nicolas Cage a good actor or a bad actor? I think if, this proves that he's a yeah. good actor. If this is your sample size, then yes, he's a good actor. <laughs> if your sample size is 102, he's a fine actor. But if you w- just watched what we watched this week, Pig, he's, he's a, a great, great actor. actor. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. This movie was phenomenal. It was really good. I loved it. So good. And I, I would recommend watching this. And I, I would hope that this movie gets some Oscar buzz for the year. Who knows? It came out in 2021 and... Nick it's Cage hasn't had Oscar buzz probably since his Oscar. Yeah. Well, no, because Adaptation came out after and he <laughs> like was nominated. Like the year after. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. like 2002. Yeah, it's been a while. And then, of course, National Treasure Book of Secrets he was nominated mm, for. For a Razzie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as I mentioned a few times, this week, the movie Pig from 2021 we watched. It is, imagine the most sincere parts of Taken or a John Wick movie, but just so much better. So uh, Nicolas Cage is a truffle farmer and truffle farmers use special pigs to hunt truffles that are buried underground. I did some research on truffle pigs. Mm, Interesting. So you tell us in just a moment, but I will just say that for the last little bit of the plot of this movie is that Someone steals his prized pig, the love of his life, and he has to go looking for it. Digging it's not up. his prize. It's his only pig. Well, yes, of course. <laughs> it is prized, his prize. Prized implies you have more than one, and that's your And talk. he breeds them. Right. That is not the case. But he has to dig up his yeah, old relationship. Yeah, state fair. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really good. Yeah. Really solid. A lot to think I, about with this movie. Yes. I've been thinking about it for a few days. So mm-hmm. We watched it a few days ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to uh, taking a little walk down memory lane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll remind you about some of the best parts of the movie because I've got the notes here in front of me. But before right, we I get into that, yeah, some numbers, facts, and figures from behind the scenes. So Pig 2021, mm-hmm. the last of the 2021s, we think, unless we think. something else comes out. <laughs> unless he drops something by we'll the end of the out. year. 7 out of 10 on IMDb and 96%. On Rotten Tomatoes. Isn't second, that the second highest? Second highest only to Spider-Verse. Yeah. Incredible. It's like the highest Nick Cage movie. That's true. Yeah, he's the star. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it was released July 16th of this year. Okay. 
Um, it had a budget of $4 million, and it made $3.3 million at the box office. Okay. It, you know, with a pandemic year, you know, and like I said, if there's some Oscar buzz, it could pick up some more money at the box office yeah. in the next year. Yeah, we'll see. So I'm a little confused about the budget. Okay. Because everything that I read kept referring to the budget as small, mm-hmm. and then I couldn't find a number, and the only mm-hmm. number I found online was $4 million. So that's a small budget, though, for movies uh, these days. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that checks out then. Yeah, I think so. So they kept saying that the budget was small. Mm-hmm. Um, they only had 20 days to film it. They couldn't go over 20. Wow. They had to achieve it in 20 or else they would go over budget, which they couldn't do because right. they only had a set amount of money. They achieved that. They filmed this in 20 days. I wow. think exactly 20. Before the pandemic or during? Or do you, do you know? September 2019. Okay, so just before the pandemic. So because they had a small budget, yes, they couldn't hire a trained pig. Oh. So they hired a pig and they trained it for three days. And pigs are very smart animals. They are, yeah. But this pig, because it had only been trained for three days, um, didn't like Nick Cage, <laughs> bit him a lot. Oh. And Nick said, I've been set on fire. I've been in flipped cars. But it will yeah. be sepsis from a pig bite that will kill me. <laughs> when was he on fire? I don't know. Is he counting Ghost Rider? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe what? in like his personal life. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> hey, boys, what are you doing this weekend? Why don't you come on over and get lit on fire with me? It'll be spiritual. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I thought that was... That is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, The pig's name was Brandy. Unfortunately, she passed away before the movie was released to theaters. She can't see her life's greatest work. (laughs) Her three days of training. Brandy, you're a fine girl. She was a fine girl. (laughs) What a good pig you would be. She could have been, but she's dead. (laughs) So more about pigs. I did some research on truffle pigs. Uh They cost about $10,000 for a fully trained truffle pig. Wow. Okay. And during the movie, there's a lot of contention as to, you know, should it's, it's ridiculous, Nick. Why are you still looking for this pig? I'll buy you a new one. Yeah. And considering how expensive truffles are, considering how expensive Mm. the industry is, $10,000 for a pig seems like a pretty low ROI, I guess. Yeah, I think so. That makes sense. That's probably why whoever stole it, stole it in the first place. They figured that whoever, yeah, oh, this is the best truffle pig. All right, well, they'll just get another one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So these truffle pigs date back to the Roman Empire. That's when they're first spoken about. We're getting historical. We're getting historical up in this bitch. Um, (laughs) The next time they're mentioned in any type of historical text is in the 15th century. And then they're referenced a lot again in the 1800s in Italy. Hmm. Um, So always in Italy is when we're talking about these truffle pigs. They are most common in North America and in Europe because that's where truffles are mostly found. Okay. In Italy, since 1985, using pigs to hunt truffles has been banned. Oh. Because the pigs digging at the truffles does too much damage to the truffle plant whatever the mushroom thing so they legally banned it so they were just like you don't do this anymore huh it's not worth it it seems so silly italy's such a weird place (laughs) (laughs) never been but apparently in portland you can still use truffle pigs which is where this movie takes place yes 
So this movie takes place in Portland. Nick Cage starts the film Living in the Forest. And this editor of this movie also edited Color Out of Space and Mandy, which are two other movies that take place in, I think, the Pacific Northwest. They do, now that I think about it. Yeah, yeah. Also, Mandy is a movie that is set in three chapters, Mm -hmm. and so is Pig. Pig Mm. is set in three chapters. Think about the number three, because we will come back to that when we get to Nicolas Cage. Three Little Pigs? Close. Is that what you're getting at? Okay. No, not at all? (laughs) No. I built this house out of straw. (laughs) And he huffed and he puffed and he blew the house down. Um, Think more Asian. (laughs) Okay, <laughs> you lost me. Let's 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 get. We'll to get it to it. We'll get to it. Okay, okay. Early drafts of this story had it set in either France or Spain, and then I guess oh, okay. uh, the writer Michael Sarnowski, because he um, was working with this editor, you know, who loves the Pacific Northwest. I guess they decided <laughs> to set it in Portland. And the last non-Nicholas Cage fact I will share is that Alex Wolf, who is the uh, co-star okay yes the younger kid he's like mm-hmm. 21 okay in real life when he was filming this oh, wow. he he was the uh lead in jumanji the lead kid in jumanji in the, the new, new jumanji the new movies. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah not kirsten dunst is no yeah no yeah kirsten dunst and then the other kid yeah i was gonna uh, say yeah, yeah. her brother robin williams yeah <laughs> no um he's the the nerd the nerdy kid. kid who mm-hmm. gets turned into the rock in the new series of the jumanji yeah. movies yeah so that's him. Um, quite a transformation for him in this movie. He was incredible in this movie. He was very good. His favorite actor is one Nicholas Kim Coppola. I feel like he Cage. just said that. <laughs> I feel like he just had to say that because they did a movie together. It was his favorite actor before the movie. So it was a dream for him to be able to work with him. Did he say that during press for this movie? Or is there like a record of him being like, oh, no, I love Nicolas Cage. I'd love to work with him one day. I cannot confirm nor deny. <laughs> he definitely just said it for the for, for the press. I bet when he was doing the rounds for Jumanji, he was like, yeah, it was such a treat to work with The Rock because he's my favorite actor. You can take a look. I'm not going to look it up. I'm, I'm just going to speculate. on this poor kid. Hey, he was like, hey, I complimented him. I'll give him a compliment sandwich. He was great. He was fantastic in this movie. I'll give you a compliment sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you're anyway, some anyway, kind of wise anyway. guy. You want to come in here for yeah, yeah, a compliment yeah, yeah, yeah. sandwich? Put him up, put him up. All right, here we go. Nick Cage really wanted to remind his audience, as he always does, he's always driving this point home that he can deliver a realistic performance. He Mm. sometimes just chooses not to. And he delivered. I mean, like, credit where credit is due. He fucking killed it. Yeah. He was so good in this movie. Apparently, the director had a conversation with him and I'll I'll, I'm going to have to read the article to you because I can't communicated other than just reading it because you wouldn't believe me if (laughs) i tried um but i guess they they met and uh the he they met the director said that he only had to talk to nick for a few minutes to to believe that he truly got the character Mm. and then every take nick only did one or two takes to get it right wow really impressive really good so (laughs) I read this article, and it's an interview with Nick, and the interviewer says, uh, what appealed to you about playing such a restrained character? Mm. Nick said, 
At the time that I met with Michael, the writer, we had and we had a quiet and meaningful conversation over shishito peppers. Oh, okay. I had read his script, which resonated with me as a haiku. <laughs> with Japanese haiku, you have five, seven, five syllables. Remember? Three. <laughs> okay. They convey the space between. It's evocative, and those faces became more meaningful than the words themselves. The way Michael wrote the script, I felt it would lend itself to that kind of film performance that I really wanted to get back into. And then the interviewer was just like, why? <laughs> and Nick said, I had largely explored Western kabuki. Oh my god, this broken record of a man. What could be done with film performance in terms of the abstract and operatic and breaking form and i wanted to get back to expression and film performance that for me was why i became an actor and then talks about james dean again <laughs> what oh my god so nick keeps saying that th and then i read a different article where he says something similar because he has like five <laughs> like yeah. five complete sentences that he can share with yeah us. And the other statement that he made was, this movie is the haiku of cinema. <laughs> and that it is not a John Wick or a Taken, but rather a haiku of cinema. So three, remember the number three uh -huh. haiku. Oh, I see. Okay. A five, seven, five poem. Uh -huh. Five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables. So that's three. And then he's saying like that the movie is broken into three parts, three chapters. Bada bing, uh -huh. bada boom. Bada bing, bada boom, when I walk in the room. <laughs> Pitbull. <laughs> Dolly. Is that a haiku? <laughs> bada, bada bing, bada, bada boom, boom, when, when I walk in the room. room. Seven. Let's throw another Pitbull. bada bing, bada boom in there. <laughs> Dolly. Mr. Worldwide. Worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> haiku. Okay. A Western Kabuki. This and... Uh, Haiku. This movie is many things. It but, is not Western Kabuki. But it did not remind me of Western Kabuki. There's nothing Kabuki. There's nothing there's nothing haiku. There's nothing haiku about it. I mean, unless you were to count out the syllables of his It's a metaphorical haiku. That's so lame. Which like also... it should that how can you describe a form of poetry that is so like systematic? In a metaphorical sense. Yeah, and like, I guess there's some value to say. I, I don't, I never really studied poetry, but I don't think of haiku as being the poetry format that's, oh, you're saying more in the like silence profound. than you are in the words. You no, know what because I mean? it's all about how much you can fit into a small I mean, I guess maybe, format. Maybe it is for, for, our, me. Li for our limited <laughs> understanding. Yeah, exactly. Whenever I've had to make a haiku, I'm like, all right, how, like, how, much, how much content can I fit into this? So maybe it is more about the silence in between. I don't know. Yeah. So Nick is a chef. We did not mention that. We did and not. That's also kind of a spoiler. That's okay. Uh, he <laughs> trained under two chefs in order to oh, perform... Really? In the way that he did, I guess. He, he probably had, learned everything he could about food. <laughs> he he went to... He went to like gastronomy school or whatever. He went to CIA. <laughs> Culinary yeah. Institute of America. Not the Central Intelligence Agency. <laughs> My aunt the other day was like talking about some, I don't know, like not even a chef. Mm -hmm. and And mentioned that he got into the CIA. 
Okay. And, and and just said the CIA. And it's like, there was no context about food. Ah. So I assumed that she meant the Central Intelligence Agency. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm surprised that he was allowed to tell you that. She was like, what do you mean? <laughs> I was like, you can't just like read the room. Like, I'm not someone right. in this industry, nor are you. Right. I wonder. So, I wonder if it's one of those like bragging things, like like, oh, my son's a doctor. He has a PhD in literature. Like, yeah. relax, you know. The <laughs> CIA. My, I know someone in the CIA, the Central Intelligence, the the, the Culinary, Culinary Institute, Institute of America. Yeah. Like, please go to France. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Nick, uh, wait, hold on. Hannah just said, please go to France. <laughs> like, it's easy to just go to culinary school in France. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Just try harder. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> just try harder. Just try harder or give up. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, like, why would you want to tell someone that you were going to the CIA? The Culinary a, Institute of America? But it, 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 people are going to be confused. <laughs> <laughs> what is this podcast we've done this 102 times and we still can't nail down banter it's fine it's moving, fine. On. moving on oh my god nick cage kept having dreams that he was going to lose his cat merlin and that's how he drew inspiration for the connection <laughs> that he could finally have with a creature that was not a reptile on film but he has a connection with the cat. He I forgot loves about his that. Cat. Well, his old cat's name was like Rasmataz or something. The uh, one that he used to get high off of mushrooms with as a child. But he and his wife Rico have a cat named Merlin. Oh. And when he was like ramping up to film this movie, he kept having nightmares that his cat Merlin was dying. Mm-hmm. So that's like where he drew all of his inspiration from. And he just has like such a deep connection to animals. And that's all he fucking talks about. <laughs> and the last thing, the last two things that he shared... He like kind of compares himself to Picasso and he okay. says that as a young man, he saw Picasso's art. He would ask, why did Picasso not draw normal faces? He should be capable of doing so. And mm-hmm. then he realized like later in life, of course, he's capable of doing so, but he chooses to do it that way to be unique. And he's like, that's how I approach acting. I sometimes can be crazy, but I need to remind my audience that I can be normal. It's like... If you have to keep reminding us, like stop, like you, you shouldn't have to keep reminding us. Yeah, yeah. I but you know, I, make make better movies. <laughs> just yeah, make like yeah. just be more selective yeah. I mean, with the like, movies that you're making. Are you not out of your debts yet? Do you still have to keep taking everything? Like, why are you making these shitty films? Yeah, Prisoners of the Ghostland was terrible. It was so bad. <laughs> And the last thing that he wanted everyone to know is that he loves living in Las Vegas. It's a lovely place to live. But you're, you're right. He's got like five sentences. There's <laughs> Western Kabuki. I love Vegas. He said, "I want to transform my acting. I'm a real actor. Will you marry me?" I stayed in. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> shots fired. <laughs> Yeah, he said that he and his wife Rico love like the whatever, like the restaurants and the entertainment there, but they don't, what did he quote it? No razzle dazzle. He doesn't. Wasn't do that the, the name of his cat? Razzmatazz. <laughs> okay. 
He doesn't do the razzle dazzle. He doesn't. But okay. <laughs> anymore. Anymore. Okay. He's like sixty. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so yeah. Whew. I'll leave you with that. That was an advertisement for Las Vegas. Everyone should go. <laughs> what happens in Vegas stays in Nicolas Cage's hometown. The... And then is transferred to New Orleans, which is the Vegas of Louisiana. And then probably also LA and briefly also, Rhode Island. Yeah, Rhode Island. And then Scotland. And then... And then in Dracula's castle for an evening. Yeah. <laughs> And then in what was it, Cambodia, to pick up a dinosaur skull. <laughs> we need to move on. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll move through this uh, movie fairly quickly, I think. So let's get into this movie. He has lines in this one. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He does, as opposed to Willy's Wonderland, which was last week, where he didn't have any lines. But yeah. no, I mean, but I think this movie is just a little bit more straightforward um, in the sort of development of the plot. So we'll, we'll go yeah. through it. Nick it's Cage it's scene. far deeper. But... Oh, d- d- oh, really? Is this movie deeper than Willy's Wonderland? Hmm, I don't know. We'll talk about that at the end. Um, but so the movie opens up on Nicolas Cage, standing over a smoldering fire in front of the river. We are soon introduced to his pet slash confidant, uh, the pig. Employee. Employee. <laughs> um, the only thing he's really got in his life, of course, He's out in the woods in a, in a cabin that's sort of a, uh, not disheveled, but it's rustic for sure, uh, this cabin. He lives off the land, essentially, is is what we get just by looking at him. No words. Um, we get a good look at him and his look. So do you want to describe how he looks in this movie? I don't remember what he's wearing in this scene. Not like anything of what he's wearing. He's just got really long white yeah. hair and a white beard. So it's very different from what we've seen Nicolas Cage Very rugged, portray. very old Yeah. Looking. Yeah. Okay. Looking kind of homeless. A little bit, and that's pretty dirty. Like he probably smells. For sure. (laughs) He looks like he smells. Yes. (laughs) So we get into the first section of the movie, which is titled "Rustic Mushroom Tart." Um, Don't really know why exactly. That's what he. That's what he makes. Oh, he makes that. And he studied under a chef. To learn how to make that. Uh, oh, Nick Nick Cage did yeah. himself. Yes. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So we see him in his home and he's carefully making this rustic mushroom tart. And it's just a lot of scenes of Nicolas Cage at home. And when he gets ready for bed, I've noted that uh, he wears long johns and he's very out of shape. <laughs> he, he wears long johns for much of this movie. <laughs> yes, he sure does. <laughs> um, and it's clear right off the bat that he's putting in a really restrained performance. Um, a car shows up the next day with... Which, sorry, I, yeah. I would like to say, mm-hmm. is difficult when you have all of that hair to what? put in a restrained performance and still, mm-hmm. like, emote. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I often find that... Whenever is... whenever your beard grows in, no. you find it hard to emote. <laughs> no, but I often have a hard time, like, deciphering the emotions of men with a lot of facial hair. Oh, interesting. Which I've, is a really strange never like, comment to make. It is a strange comment, but now I'm going to be thinking about that the next time I see like a bearded man crying on screen. Yeah, like we watch Survivor and <laughs> <laughs> Where's and, where's the through Nick and Thin bingo card we're mentioning Survivor. <laughs> and some of these men grow facial hair pretty quickly and especially if mm. they make it all 39 days on Survivor. Uh-huh 
their facial hair is quite thick by the end. And then at the finale, when they reunion, when they bring them back, sometimes they're clean shaven. And I feel like I can see the emotion on their faces far better when they're clean shaven than when they have all that hair on them. Even though they should be more emotional because they're stranded on an island <laughs> without food for 39 days. <laughs> Wow, you heard it here, folks. <laughs> so, guys, shave your beards. Just shave so your beards. So that I know yeah. what you're feeling. Yeah. So, fellas, if you're having problems with your girl, because she's like, I never know how you're feeling. <laughs> Maybe your beard is too thick. You got to shave that beard down. Perhaps it's then, not yeah. a communication problem. So that she could be Perhaps like, Perhaps it's a beard. Problem. So that she could be like, What do you want for dinner tonight, babe? Oh my God, you shaved your beard. I can totally see it on your face now. <laughs> and then it doesn't turn into an argument. <laughs> Is that what people argue about? I don't know. Where were we? The beard. <laughs> wow. All right. Maybe we, maybe we are moving a little slow today. It's our last episode. We can yeah, take a long time. We're stretching this one out. Yeah, exactly. So a car shows up the next morning. And who shows up but the nerd from Jumanji, I forget his name, forgive Alex me. Alex Wolf. Alex Wolf shows up, and he's looking a lot like Salt Bay. He's got the... <laughs> <laughs> how, do you like, how do you like that reference? He's got the, he's got the tweedly little mustache, the little soul patch, the round glasses, a little man bun. That's so accurate. He's, he's Salt Bay. <laughs> That's so funny. I was, I was holding on to that one until just now. <laughs> So Salt Bay shows up, the in nerd like from a, Jumanji. What's his car? Like a it's like a Lamborghini or something. Or something. It's something Yellow. insane. So we quickly define that he's driving such a nice car, and he's so well-dressed because he is purchasing the truffles from Nicolas Cage to then sell to high-end restaurants around Portland, Oregon. A truffle peddler. He's a truffle peddler, <laughs> if I ever saw one. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna make a joke like, and his father was a truffle peddler, but we'll get he into that. His father was. plays a big role in this movie, yeah. <laughs> so uh, he he purchases the uh, the tr- the truffles, and then Nick Cage he goes away. Nick Cage plays uh, a tape of a woman's voice, and we hear her say like something like "I love you, Rob" or something like that. So it's clearly his wife or form or ex wife or something mm-hmm. along those lines. Um, he goes to bed again that night in his long johns, and another car shows up. This time, it is not Salt Bay, but it is two tweakers. I think they're billed yeah. as they're like two like junkies, Junkies. Yeah, yeah, who show up and they steal the pig. And as they're stealing the pig, there's a bit of a scuffle, and Nick Cage screams. And knock him out. Knock him, knock him right in the back of the head immediately, so that he's like stumbling around and he's knocked out and. Wakes up the next morning and his face is like stuck to the ground because he was bleeding out yeah. like all night. Yeah. Blood is so sticky. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Blood is very sticky. <laughs> Put it on the poster. Pig. Five stars. Blood is so sticky. Hannah Martin through Nick and Thin. <laughs> um, so Nick Cage... He's immediately upset that people came in and stole his pig, of course. It's it's the only yeah. thing he, he has in his life, really, that he loves. It's very clear, even though he's said very few words. And uh, so he boots up an old truck. It doesn't work out very well. So he starts walking through the woods. He finds his way to a diner where he's still bloodied and looking all disheveled. And he's like, I'm looking for Marge. And they go, Marge died 10 years ago. It's like, oh, can I use your phone? And so, so it's pretty obvious that Nick has been... 
yeah. isolated for a while. Long time. <laughs> so he calls uh, the nerd from Jumanji to come pick him up, who's listening to a classical music podcast, something along those lines. That felt out of character. So there certainly are some, not plot holes, but some minor issues that I have with this movie mm-hmm. um, that sort of take it away from being what I think might make it like an extremely good film. I have a big problem with this movie and we'll get to it. Okay, can't wait to hear what that is. <laughs> so uh, Salt Bay and Nick Cage go, immediately they go to some like, stand in the middle of the woods it's like somewhere where they're processing the truffles yeah or it's it reminded me of like a fish market yeah for truffles yeah but it was in the woods and they and they see this old lady and they were like hey have, have you, you seen my pig <laughs> and she was like what kind of pig and they go a truffle pig she drops everything she's like motherfuckers she goes ballistic she's like nobody steals a motherfucking truffle pig in this community and we're like goddamn lady <laughs> We're like, okay. So she like drives them over to these burglars trailer, these these people who stole the pig. The tweakers. The tweakers. And uh, they're like, nah, man, I didn't see your pig. But then they eventually get it out of them. They're like, we never got a name. We sold them to some guy from the city who drives a nice car, man. And so Nick Cage says to the nerd from Jumanji, take me to the... Take, take me, me to the take me to the city. Take me to the city. <laughs> that was very Batman almost. Take me to the city. I can't do it as well as you. Wow, okay. <laughs> that was the best I could do. <laughs> well, I, I thought it was pretty good. You said it was like Batman, so which is it? Oh, I was saying your Batman was good. Oh, it was in Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Batman for Nick Cage for Batman. He'd uh, love that. What's that? He would love that. <laughs> Jeez. It is getting late. Hannah is getting grumpy and sleepy and delirious. It's fine. So Nick Cage and the nerd from Jumanji head into uh, like a food truck area in the city where Nick Cage goes to see an old friend. Um, the old friend, I don't think we get a name right away. I for, I didn't even write down his name. He he wears fingerless gloves, so I have him written in my, I have him written in my notes as FLG for fingerless gloves. It's like Morgan or something. And then nerd from Jumanji's like, "Who's that, Morgan? Oh my god, I can't believe you just talked. You know him." So he's some sort of famous or something in the city, but he looks we like learn a homeless more man. Later, yeah, and that's the part that I have issues with. Okay. Oh, okay. So yeah, Nick Cage is like, I'm looking for my pig, and he doesn't tell him anything, and he speaks in like riddles. He's like, we're all looking for pigs, or some shit like that. And then says like, you're nobody here anymore. You're nobody. You ceased to exist. Yeah. You mean nothing. No one this thinks town. about you, Rob. Like, <laughs> I own okay. this town, and it's like, all right, riddle. It's like, also like, okay, it's literally Portland. Yeah, it's Portland. Like not to shit on Portland, but like yeah, but like running this Portland isn't New York. Yeah, running Portland is like batting cleanup and t-ball. It's like it's fine. Like I could run Portland in a long and, weekend. But you're not even running Portland. You're running like the culinary community of Portland, or like the truffle community the tr- of yeah. Portland. Yeah, like I said, a long holiday weekend, I could take over the truffle community in like a Portland or like an Indianapolis. Like, come on, no offense to people from those towns, they're just not New York, like you said, like yeah. or anything like that. And even then it's like <laughs> it's still it's like, just nobody fucking sells cabbage in this town but me it's like, are you fucking kidding Come i on. mean to be fair like the price of trouble <laughs> it's, like, it's, <laughs> it's like the diamonds of mushrooms I, yeah 
like again it's like the diamonds of like weeds it's like oh wow this is these are fantastic no but it's i know like they're tasty other mushrooms are like rubies or sapphires yeah you know yeah if we're gonna make the gem comparison <laughs> <laughs> and we are and we're sticking to it so nick cage says to the nerd from jumanji he's like i need to get to the hotel de santago or whatever it's called i don't remember <laughs> And Nerd's like, oh, that hotel closed down years ago. And he's like, no, we need to get under it. And so <laughs> they, they go down into some restaurant through the kitchen and they move like a big fridge or something to get into this underground tunnel. Uh, the nerd from Jumanji reluctantly goes with him and they find the fingerless gloves guys <laughs> Runs like an underground fight club for all the local like for like chef like kitchen restaurant staff. workers. Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. Anyway, I looked this up. It's not real. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it it wouldn't be online if it were real, but it is a weird thing to include what? in the movie. It made it like made no impact on the plot. Well, so it does because I mean, we find out a little bit more about yeah where the pig is well yeah that and nick cage's character's name is rob and you know everybody's got a there's a big sign up sheet they could have figured out other ways (laughs) i I know his identity (laughs) i know they could rather than making him like just take it from a bunch of restaurants we're gonna get into that so (laughs) there's a big sign up sheet and rob writes out his full name robin feld and so everybody nice gasps. A nice Jewish boy. Yeah, Hannah turned to me at one point and was like, I think this is the first time Nicolas Cage is playing a Jewish guy. <laughs> 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 so yeah, so everybody's got, they're putting their money into the ring because they want to fight the great Robin Feld. We don't really even know what that means yet. But uh, so Nick Cage enters the ring against this tiny little shrivelly little guy and he just puts his hands behind his back and it dawns on us that it's not a fight club. It's a how long can you take a beating club? And so... Why so Nick, Why restaurant workers? I don't know. Specifically, it's not like open to the public, I guess. But so I Nick Cage... I understand this. Nick Cage... Um, just takes it. Yeah, he takes it. He just takes it for like a minute. Yeah, and he he's all kinds of messed up in the oh, face. Oh, yeah. He was already pretty bloodied. Yeah. And he just gets even more bloodied. And he wins information about where his pig might be. Yeah. And so he, nerd from Jumanji, takes him back to his apartment, I guess. Mm-hmm. And this oh, is. Yeah, and the pig is mm-hmm. at like a new restaurant. Yes. Yeah. With so, a very like new concept. Mm hmm. Deconstructed. We, bullshit. Deconst- we deconstructed. So that's the next section of the, the movie is titled mom's french toast and deconstructed scallops so how do you deconstruct a scallop it's basically Don't they, like make it a foam or something yeah it's just like a bowl of steam that oh my God. is like <laughs> smells like scallops we harnessed bay water <laughs> and then evaporated it for just the essence of sea and it's 40 dollars. <laughs> anyway that'll be 189.99 you're welcome that's without tip um so this scene i I started writing my notes for this next scene in the apartment it's now the next morning nick cage is not bandaged up or anything he's just still bloody also didn't take a shower yeah he probably reeks in this guy's really nice apartment 
And I started writing my notes as like, this is sort of a boring scene, but it ended up developing into something really like quite beautiful, actually. So the nerd from Jumanji tells this story about how his parents hated each other. His parents would go out once a month or something, maybe, maybe once a week, and they would always come back and they'd be arguing, except one night they came back from a restaurant and they were laughing and they were drunk and they just had a great time and they had great food at a Robin Feld restaurant. So it's now dawned on the nerd from Jumanji that Robin Feld, Nicolas Cage, is the one person who gave his parents happiness in their mm-hmm. life that one time. And Nick Cage then turns around and delivers this incredible monologue about how Portland was built on a fault line and about how earthquakes happen once every 200 years and about how there's an active volcano nearby. And he's like, we're all just living on borrowed time and we're we're due for another you know, disaster. And so if I can just make people happy for a little bit, that's why I do this. I do what I do. That's why I, I cooked. Used to. Used to. Yeah. yeah. It was really a powerful monologue. I'm not doing it justice. So it was, it was I a- think I just teared up a little bit. Just so, now? Yeah. Yeah. I'm emotional from your delivery. Thank you. So I think you did it justice. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, you should see the pile of tissues next to Hannah right now. I thought you were going to say the pile of tears. And also the pile, Welling pile of tears. on my face. Yes. Yes. So great scene, I thought, all around. There is a weird moment after this. So they also discuss about where the pig is and about who who's developing a menu with new truffles. Like that's that's sort of their their key to like, oh, here's that's what will yeah. lead us to the restaurant mm-hmm. that we need to get to. So while the nerd from Jumanji is figuring something out about what the restaurant is, Nick Cage, I guess he visits his old house that he used to live in. This scene is weird. And he just sneaks around back and he like talks to a kid and like they're playing an instrument. I forget what they call it, but like weird. He just talks to this kid and then leaves. Like nobody comes out and is like, what are you doing here? Or mm. nobody comes out and is like, dad, what are you doing here? And like maybe it was his his kids and his grandkids or something like that I thought would make sense, but it wasn't. Strange. It's very strange. So they get to the restaurant that has new truffles on the menu and Nick Cage is like, let me speak to the chef. <laughs> chef comes out. And he's sort of the exact opposite of Nick Cage. He's very clean cut. He's very put together. He's very upbeat, very personable. And he realizes that he's speaking to Robin Feld. And he realizes that he used to work for Robin Feld. And Nick Cage is crazy intimidating, this guy. And Nick Cage, we find it. Yeah, so what? They deconstruct the scallop and he deconstructed the chef. Oh, I like that. Look at this movie analysis we got for ya. Love it. Some uh, AP English. Ooh. (laughs) That was a weird noise I just made. (laughs) So the chef's a little starstruck, but this is also where we find out that Nicolas Cage, he never forgets a meal mm. that he's ever made. Mm-hmm. And so he's talking to the chef and he's like, what are you doing making this stuff? And the chef's like, well, I'm really successful. He's like, you wanted to make an English pub, a traditional English pub, and you wanted to have a specific meal. And he like intimidates this guy into giving up more information about who's selling him the truffles. Mm-hmm. And um, he ends his speech with like, I'm not real. Nothing is real. You're not real. So it's just like, holy shit, Nick. And so who's selling him the truffles but it's the nerd from Jumanji's dad who's also in the truffle game. And so he's like, I run this town of truffles in Portland. He's like the mobster of truffles. 
Yeah, so Nick Cage finds out. The mob out. boss of truffles. The mob boss of truffles is probably a show on E or something, <laughs> or TLC. So Nick Cage finds out that it's this that it's Salt Bay's dad. Oh <laughs> yeah, why have you been calling him the nerd from Jumanji and not Salt Bay this entire time? <laughs> and Nick Cage goes out to his fancy car and he just starts screaming at the guy. Rob, Rob, it wasn't me. Okay, I don't even talk to him. Open it. Rob, I didn't say shit, okay? Please, I, I didn't even know about it. Take me to him. It's my dad, okay? It's my dad. You don't understand. No! Fuck! Stop! Stop! The fuck? The Camaro! The fuck? The Camaro, stop! You psycho! What's his address? Listen, man, I will get you a new one. I will get you a new one. I swear, I'll take a hit for the season. What is it? 380 Northwest Willow. We're done. I don't want to see you again. That's it? Really? I'm right here. Man, I am right here. We can work this out. Hey, you know what? And um, so the nerd from Jibanji or Salt Bay, as, as we should now be calling him, goes like, I'm sorry, but I, I have a really strained relationship with my dad, but I can't I can't take you there. I'll tell you where he lives, but I can't take you there. So Nick Cage goes to a nearby house and just steals a bicycle. And as somebody is approaching him, he just goes. <laughs> that was a good one. I like that little moment there. Yeah, it was nice. He shows up at the dad's house and the dad sits him down and is like, yeah, I've got your pig. I'll give you $10,000 for it. And Which Nick is Cage, how much a truffle yeah. pick costs. And go, Nick Cage doesn't budge. He goes, I'll give you $20,000. Nick Cage doesn't budge. He doesn't say anything. He goes, I'll give you $20 million. Would that make a difference? And Nick Cage is like, no. And, um, and so... It's like, come on. And so <laughs> the, the mob boss of truffles in Portland goes, well, here's the deal. I've got him. I'm not giving him back to you. I'll give you $25,000 to forget about it if, you ne- if I never see you again. Or I'll kill the pig. How about that? Because he could see how how much the pig means to Nick Cage. Yeah. So Nick walks away, and um, he he runs into Salt Bay again, and he goes, "I don't really need the pig to find truffles. I just love her." Enter the next and last segment of the movie. It's called a bird, a bottle, and a salted baguette. So Nick Cage yeah. has got a plan. So I guess Nick, he said that he can find the truffles based upon the trees or something. Oh yeah, he's like, I can just look at the trees. I don't need a pig to tell me I just love that pig. <laughs> it, it mates in a way that i, I deem uh classy what's the word dignified dignified i don't yeah. think so no i don't think it does so nick cage this is another great scene nick cage then goes to a bakery where he runs into what they don't tell us but we assume is was either the pastry chef or a sous chef at his old restaurant because probably he's, the pastry show yeah because he's looking around and he's like wow you, you changed this place a lot like it looks really different and so he's just having oh, a yeah. really... so she owns the yeah the old restaurant that he used to own that was like the best restaurant in town because yeah. he's the robin feld and so he's having like this strained relationship with uh there are this strained conversation with this girl and 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 he you know he's like i'd, I'd like to can i have a salted baguette from from you and he buys he grabs a couple of cookies as well but one of the things that i love about this scene is that the camera angle is really far away mm-hmm. 
And I think the distance is sort of meant to represent the distance that between the audience and Nick Cage is, is meant to represent the distance that Nick Cage put between him and his former work and him and his former employees. So deep, Steve. I really love that scene. I love that little trick. There's probably more stuff like that in the movie that I can't see. I'm, I'm not as good again. as Hannah who can deconstruct a scene about deconstructing a scene through the lens of deconstructed scallops. I'm crying. <laughs> She's literally playing with her hair, checking her watch, making, moves, making moves towards the door. I have not moved a muscle. <laughs> Signing divorce papers. <laughs> We're not married yet. <laughs> so, uh, anyhow... Um, and then Salt Bay picks him up, and Nick Cage is like, "Here, I cut you a cookie," and it was a really like <laughs> nice little moment that I think you and I laughed at a lot. Yeah, so, not a lot, but yeah, I chuckled. Well, yeah, yeah, we're like, oh, that's we cute. Were just like, ah! <laughs> My sides hurt for days. I was laughing so hard. So the next scene's pretty weird because Nick Cage, you see him next cooking it's it's beautiful shots of him cooking an incredible meal Hmm. and then it sort of pans out and you realize that nick cage and salt bay have essentially snuck into salt bay's dad's house and there's just this like after salt bay's dad was like if i see you again i'm going to kill your pig yeah (laughs) he offered him like 20 million dollars to fuck off (laughs) And, and now he's sneaking into his house to cook a meal yeah and so he of course his plan is to cook the meal that Salt Bay's dad had had with Salt Bay's mom, yeah. who we now know is uh, dead or 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 she's a vegetable, essentially in some kind of coma or something mm-hmm. along those lines. So it's Ratatouille is what happens. It's it essentially it's Ratatouille. <laughs> but what I loved about this scene though too is that we're just sitting there at the table with them, like in silence. It is quiet. It's the middle of the night. Nick Cage. Uh, what is it like? Quail or something? I think it. I think it is some kind of quail. It's. It's like a dark meat, but it's a small bird, but a dark meat. So I don't know what that yeah, would I be. Yeah, I think it's quail. Yeah, I think. Anyway, you're right. he studied under a chef to yeah. learn how to make that. <laughs> yes. So the dad immediately starts crying, and Nick Cage confronts the dad, and he's like, "I never forget a meal or the way I made people feel. I just." That's the way, like, the pig makes me feel. I just want her back. Like, can you please give her back? And the dad's just like, I'm sorry, she died. And immediately, the the audio cuts out, and Nick Cage just drops Collapse. to the floor, yeah. crying hysterically when he hears the news that his pig died. Aww. Yeah. So, Nick Cage and... He thought about his cat dying. Aw. <laughs> wow, he got all that from his cat dying? <laughs> that was, like, a lot of acting for, like, someone who's not really... He had consistent dreams that his cat was going That's to true. die. That's true. He dreamt about it a lot. I Multiple forgot about that times. detail. Yeah. How could you forget? I just said it. <laughs> <laughs> like an hour ago. <laughs> like 45 minutes ago. But um, Nick Cage and Salt Bay, they go back to that diner from, from one of those early scenes and they just have like a cup of coffee together and Nick Cage delivers another couple of great lines like, you know, if I didn't go looking for her in my head, she'd still be alive and... Yeah. And he was just like, yeah, but then you'd never really know and you'd always be searching or you'd always be wondering. And mm-hmm. and he's like, I'm just going to walk back. And then he ends up back at the river from that very first scene, finally washes his face, yeah. goes back home. He's covered in bruises and oh, blood bloody and dirt. To, yeah, like the whole movie, you like he's really out of place in the entire movie. But like... But it's Portland. That's, that's definitely true. <laughs> he like 
would have stuck out like a sore thumb if this were Miami, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but not Portland. Uh, and then the final scene with Nicolas Cage, at least, is he goes back to his house and he pops in that tape of of his wife and he listens to his wife and puts on his long johns and goes to bed. Yeah, what song was she singing? That reminded her. Oh, uh, Bruce Springsteen. I'm on fire. I'm on fire. Yeah, she's like this song always reminds me of you, and she sings which a is version a of it. weird. Thing. Yeah, hey little girl, hey, little is, your girl daddy is your daddy home? Daddy home. <laughs> <laughs> Very strange. Um, closing thoughts, Han. I have a few, but do you have any other closing thoughts? I loved it. Um, yeah, I thought his performance was really understated, but perfect like i don't have too many complaints about his performance no the only thing that i didn't like about the movie was the underground fight club (laughs) fight club yeah (laughs) or that he just like snuck into several people's homes and had very strange interactions yeah yeah he also like i don't know he's been out of the social game for a while so i can forgive him for that i can't forgive the fight club (laughs) (laughs) well we've all been out of the social game for a little while (laughs) Not like he has. <laughs> no. <laughs> maybe it's a... No, it was filmed before the pandemic. Yeah. I was going to say, maybe it's like a pandemic thing. Like, maybe it's about like, oh, people coming back to society or whatever. No, it's not. It was before then. No. Yeah. So... Um, what are your thoughts? My thoughts were that I loved the directing in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy does not really direct much. I, I gave it a quick look up. And, and I think for... I think what was his first ma- his first major movie was this. And it was incredible. Um, the restraint from Nick Cage, I think, really paid off. Mm-hmm. Alex Wolf was incredible. Uh, Salt Bay. Salt Bay, yes, thank you. <laughs> and uh, the music was great. I really liked that rendition of, of the Bruce Springsteen song yeah, at the end, even though nice. the lyrics don't make sense. I think the tone made sense. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought this was on par with uh, movies like Joe Adaptation yeah. or The Weatherman. And Nick, Nick said that he saw a lot of himself in Rob. And the mm. last time he said that about a character was about Joe. Mm. Yeah, I could see that. Um, yeah, and I also wrote down, I'm kind of sad now <laughs> after the end of the movie. Yeah. And then uh, I, we watched through the credits and they credit the chefs at the very end, like how they credit the songs. They credit yeah. the chefs who made the dishes. Yeah, weird. Yeah, kind of cool though. Credit where credits do, right? Mm-hmm. So that's going to do it for I would me. I watch Han. this again. I would definitely watch it again. Great movie. Um, I have a few more questions for you, unless you have any other closing thoughts. You're giving me a blank stare, so I'm going to jump right into a Did question. Did we rent that? Yeah, so I have to re- I have to buy it again uh, to, to grab some clips. Unless sorry, it's on YouTube, sorry. I doubt it. But sorry that's okay. to, to do that to you. That's all right. I mean, like, it's like six I, bucks to rent. I asked you if you wanted to buy it. It was only $10. Ah, damn. <laughs> it's To rent it, it's like six or seven bucks, yeah. and then it's like, I'll just do it twice. It's like buying two movie tickets. It's fine. I know I'm wasting like four dollars or whatever, but mm, maybe you can get it at the library. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. It's okay. <laughs> All right, Han. Who was the best supporting actor? Salt Bay. Salt Bay. Uh, what was Nicolas Cage's best dressed moment? Is it the long johns? Is yeah. it his normal outfit or his normal outfit with the blood on his face? I just. The blood is too much to look at, so I'll just give it to like his first appearance in his long johns. Okay, <laughs> long like johns. when he's going to bed. Yes. Uh, what was the worst Nicolas Cage scene? In the Fight Club. The Fight Club. Okay, <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> what was the best Nicolas Cage scene? There's a few really good ones. Yeah, I liked 
the touching moment he had with Salt Bay at his mm. apartment when he made him the French toast. Yeah, yeah. So Salt Bay made Salt the French Bay toast. made French toast for Nick. Yeah, and um, yeah, he had that incredible monologue about the shortness of life. Yeah, and it was a nice one. Yeah, I I do think that his breakdown at the end was really powerful. Mm-hmm. But the audio cut out, so that was sort of like a directing choice and editing mm-hmm. choice to cut out the audio. So yeah. we didn't really get a lot of like the no, real Nick yeah, Cage in true. that scene. All right, the, I'll. I'll give it to something more understated mm. than Yeah. Yeah. Best Nicolas Cage scream. I have like three. The first one. The first one where the... he's like, let her go. Yeah. Yeah. Or or did you like when he stole the bike and he goes, rah? It's not a scream. <laughs> not really. But it is kind of. Yeah. Or uh when he, I mean he does freak out when he like like it's a it's a real cage rage moment. So that that would sort of be the obvious, so you don't yeah, have to go with the obvious. But we don't hear it. No, no, no. When um, he finds out that it's Salt Bay's dad. Oh, And Salt right. Bay's like, I can't take Outside, you to him. And yeah. he's like, why not? What the hell? Mm, yeah. I feel like we have to give it to that. I think that's probably the best scream in the movie. Yeah. It's the most consistent. Like, he's angry for, like, a full scene there. Mm-hmm. We love that. We do love that. <laughs> and we finally. We love that here at Nick and, through Nick and Thin. <laughs> and finally, Han, what was the most nouveau shamanic moment? He was very understated in his in his performance. So very much I, so. I can't classify anything as nouveau shamanism as I think I know it. But mm. he's calling this Western Kabuki. He's calling this the haiku of cinema. <laughs> so I think just him considering this to be Western Kabuki feels nouveau shamanic to me. <laughs> so it's more of his press like his perception after. well just yeah. like his perception of his own performance and the fact that he got this role over a a a date with the writer over shishito pepper <laughs> <laughs> that is true that is so nouveau whatever that means whatever that means it's like so... i just don't even know anymore yeah. it's evolved so much over the years uh, yeah. i mean it's evolved for nick over the years but it's also evolved for us over like the three years that's we've what done i the mean podcast. yeah it just continues to evolve and I-, I think at this point nouveau shamanism to me is just like to expect the unexpected mm. even yeah. though he's so predictable like we were saying earlier he says the same like seven sentences but for him to qualify this movie as Western Kabuki just like makes no fucking sense to me. <laughs> so that's why I have to give it to that. I yeah, that's I like that. I like that a lot. I wouldn't have pegged that as the nouveau shamanic. <laughs> so I didn't know where you were going to go with it. So I like it. All right. And last question for you. Where are we ranking this one? Where's Joe? Joe, I believe, is number 10. Number 13. What is 12? Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. What's 11? Kick-Ass. What's 10? Mandy. 11. You got to put it right after Mandy. You like Mm -hmm. Mandy a little bit more than this. He's more... He's more cagey. He's cagey. It is is a cagey scale. So yeah, number 11. Han, this is our last one. Wow. Do we go bottom up? Do we go through them all? Yeah. Meaning like worst to best? Yeah. Yeah. Saving the best for last. Number 102, all the way at the bottom, Vengeance, a love story. A movie that... Celebrated rape. It sure did. A Christmas Carol. Uh, number 100, Industrial Symphony Number 1, The Dream of the Broken Hearted. 
Time to Kill, another movie that celebrated rape. <laughs> USS Indianapolis, Men of Courage, a movie that celebrated none of the things that should have been celebrated. A movie that broke Steve into pieces. It broke me so bad. <laughs> um, then after that, we have Captain Corelli's Mandolin. <laughs> so bad. Uh, Outcast. Oh my god. I don't remember that one. He played a character with one eye, and instead oh, of yeah. an eye patch, he just closed his eye the whole time. <laughs> Amazing. A bad Scottish accent. The Boy in Blue is oh, after my that. God. Amos and Andrew oh, is after that. <laughs> uh, Rage is after that That's one. That's one of the Taken movies. He did like three or four of the Taken movies. Uh, then The Ant Bully. Oh my god. <laughs> then Astro Boy. Oh. Then number ninety is left behind. I th- we had fun with that, but I like, I, but We've like, seen that twice. it's so bad. Uh, <laughs> pay the ghost. That was a bad one. Oh my goodness. Then dark. That one we still haven't really technically seen I the whole thing. Go to the Museum of Modern Art and ask them for it. <laughs> it was filmed through an iPhone and like somebody played it on a screen and then filmed it through an I iPhone. I hated. I hated the visuals of that. I they, liked like, some of them, I but... I hated it. Yeah. But I hated, the, like, the behind the scenes. He was like, look how artistic this is. And it was <laughs> literally a guy with an iPhone in front of a screen. In front of a TV. Moving, in front yeah. of a TV, moving in and out. Brutal. <laughs> hated it. Oh, my God. Next is Jiu-Jitsu. Oh, God. Then The Runner. That was kind of a nothing movie. Then Running with you the know, Devil. I will say Jiu-Jitsu uh, stuck with me because I feel like we talk about Because of Brax. Brax. <laughs> because that movie made no sense. It was amazing. <laughs> um, then Running with the Devil. Oh, oh that's yeah, with yeah. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that was the other time he played a chef. <laughs> was that that one or was that the one where he was running for candidacy that was the runner okay they were there we ranked them back to back yeah <laughs> then, oh the runners next yeah so it's it goes jujitsu then the runner oh, then, then running the runner, with the devil running with the devil okay then bringing out the dead that was uh with, the one where he was in it with his real wife and they had no no chemistry, chemistry. yeah <laughs> uh then looking glass i think actually looking glass wasn't that bad but i don't think he was cagey was that the one about the like voyeurs yeah uh the the two-sided mirror yeah uh, then City of Angels. Oh. What a flick. We saw his penis in that one. <laughs> uh, then Inconceivable. But a, great, a great song came from that movie. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. That song. Iris, right? Iris from the Goo Goo Dolls. That's from City of Angels. It's about this movie. Uh, Inconceivable. Oh my God. That's just like a Lifetime movie. I yeah. loved that one. Then at number 80, we have Season of the Witch. That was where he had to transport a witch. Yeah, in a cage. Yeah. <laughs> then, uh, speaking of spooky stuff, it is spooky season. We have Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. Oh, my God. That Horrible. was one of the worst things I've ever seen. Oh, then one of my absolute favorites, Han, Zandali. <laughs> I know you Where are they The end? aggressive ballroom dance. You never shut up. <laughs> I know. Where's the Three Naked Thin Bingo card? Because... They end the movie with an aggressive ballroom dance. I feel like we talk about the boy in blue and the aggressive ballroom dance all too much. <laughs> oh, then the cotton candy taco of movies. <laughs> it could happen to you. It could happen to you. Seeking Justice is next. I think that's another one of those like taken types. I don't remember that one at all. That was with uh, January Jones where he like made a deal with like the oh, mob yeah. and they were like, we'll kill your wife's killer if you kill someone for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
whole thing. Then Trespass, the movie where everybody pointed a gun at each other and nobody <laughs> shot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wild at Heart. Was that with Nicole Kidman? Yes. Mm-hmm. Then Wild at Heart. Love, love Wild at Heart. <laughs> <laughs> it was really bad. That was one of our more fun podcast episodes. So go back and listen to that one. Yeah. We're uh, just not, it's not really bad. We're just not into David Lynch. Yeah, definitely. Uh, then Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. Ooh. That one was rough. That was a bad lieutenant. <laughs> um, then Firebirds, the only podcast where we had a guest a guest <laughs> host. Dad. Your dad showed up for the last like five minutes <laughs> off mic. Uh, then the in hu- our old apartment. <laughs> yeah. Then the Humanity Bureau. <laughs> Do you remember this one? He spoke the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> you remember the bad drive acting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just bobbing his head around. <laughs> yep, I remember that uh, one. Then and the ter- man with the eye patch. <laughs> the eye patch guy, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> then uh, 211, that was like the bank heist movie. I liked that one. And that's number 70. Uh, then Primal, which was Ooh, the... Yeah, I forgot about the, that one. That was a good one. The animals on the ship. Yep. Then uh, Rumblefish, also known as Mumblefish, because you can't hear anybody. <laughs> then Snowden, he's kind of barely in. Like we get into movie. this span of movies here where they're like, he's just in a cameo. So Snowden, Never on Tuesday, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Grindhouse are all never, are never, all in a row. Never on Tuesday still might be my favorite. Does anybody hurt? <laughs> Can I give somebody a lift? <laughs> Pinocchio, Pinocchio. <laughs> Then, Hen, for some reason, our second most listened episode at number 63, Peggy Sue Got Married. I don't know. I don't know why people resonate. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Then uh, The Cotton Club. Then uh, Guarding Tess. Oh my God. Guarding Tess. Why is that so high? It's at 61. Oh. (laughs) You were like, go through them quickly. (laughs) I'm trying to blaze through them, but we're like having too much fun reminiscing. Sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, then at number 60 is Teen Titans Go to the Movies. <laughs> and 59 is G-Force. We watched all of these movies, Steve. I know, and I I'm not even through half it. of them, Oh Hen. my god. I know. How many hours is that? I mean... Like 200. Yeah, roughly, yeah. Then uh, Kill Chain, all the Kill Chains. Uh, Army of One, where he does the lice. Uh, Dog Eat Dog with Willem Dafoe. I think Ooh, it was like yeah, a drug movie, one. yeah. Uh, the Sorcerer's Apprentice. <laughs> Stolen. Another one of the Taken, Taken. knockoffs. <laughs> Grand Isle. That one was bad from recollection. Uh, Moonstruck. I lost my hand. Iconic. Sonny. Shit. His directorial debut. Oh my god. His character in Sonny. <laughs> Acid, Acid yellow. yellow. or whatever. Trapped in Paradise is number 50. Uh, I... I you know how it's like contentious of Die Hard as a Christmas movie? I think Trapped in Paradise is a Christmas, Christmas movie. movie. That's another one that we had fun recording that episode for the podcast. So go I back sneezed. and listen to that. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. A uh, Valley Girl, which I think should be lower. We're <laughs> <laughs> looking at this list here. This is first. I mean, I, you know what I mean. Higher in the rankings, but lower on this list. Uh, then Knowing. Knowing. Ugh. Wind talkers. The caves won't save you. Wind talkers. Where he learned the wrong language. Oof. Bangkok Dangerous. Lord of War. The Croods. The Croods, a new age. (laughs) Just slightly edged it out. Snake Eyes. Between Worlds. (laughs) What the fuck? Were we high when we ranked that one? (laughs) He was 
real cagey in it, if I remember correctly. I remember he remember He read <laughs> Memories by Nicolas Cage, and it was his idea. Oh my god, yes. To read poetry while having oh, sex. Oh, I loved that one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Birdie is number 40. Mm-hmm. So we're, there's, the, there's the next 10 for you. Honeymoon in Vegas set women back a few decades there, I think. <laughs> Eight millimeter, a score to settle. Wow. Remember, these are ranked based upon Cagey-ness. how we feel at the moment yes. and how cagey it was yeah. and not much else. Yeah. Then Arsenal, then Dying of the Light, mm-hmm. then Prisoners of the Ghost Land, then The Frozen Ground, Drive Angry. Wow. Gone in 60 seconds and next at number 30. Next. Next. <laughs> Someone recently was like, I watched this horrible Nicolas Cage movie where like he could see ahead two minutes and I was like, that's next. That's it's terrible. not a horrible Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's the 30th best Nicolas Cage say. movie. It's in the top 70th percentile. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, number 29, Matchstick Men. Great movie. We're getting into really good movies here. The Rock so good red rock west that was one of his early like good understated movies love it world trade center not a good movie but we were like well we have to rank it high because it's about 9 it was better than i think people gave it credit for it was too soon like six or seven years later it was like four years later let me see i have it written here it was, it was 2005 two, or it was 2006, 2006. so, okay, so it was five, five years, years later, later which means they probably filmed it four years later yeah but which you means know. they probably came up with the idea three years later yeah but it was like it was commemorating the the people who who died and served and it, yeah it was yeah. more about the police yeah and the firefighters yeah exactly uh color out of space is at number 25 weird one willie's wonderland 24 <laughs> i loved it the trust number 23 Con Air, Kiss of Death, Wow, Mom and Dad, <laughs> Sawzall, that means it's Sawzall, Raising Arizona, Aww. Best of Times, Oh, the OG, Racing with the Moon, Oh my goodness, Great. why is that all the way up there? <laughs> I think because we ranked it. We had it- that so, like... I mean, mm-hmm. we had that so high for so long because there were such horrible, horrible movies. movies. Horrible. It's actually a decent movie. Like, yeah. given the script, it should be a bad movie, but it ended up being a pretty good movie. But also, like, that was the f- one of the first, cage- like, what we know now yeah. is, as to be cagey. That was, like, his first time yeah foraying into like that type of acting. Yeah, there's a scene where he gets really drunk in a tattoo parlor, and that is. It's cagey. It's cagey. That is early onset cagey if I've ever seen it. (laughs) (laughs) Number 16 had National Treasure Book of Secrets. I mentioned it earlier. I love it. Ghost Rider after that one. Mm -hmm. The OG Ghost Rider. Joe. Joe. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Kick-Ass. Pig. Pig. We just watched it. Mandy. The top 10 top 10 top, top 10 yes thank you for wow you knew that you just knew off the top of your head you, you're you're good oh, I, I remembered where we ranked oh pig, pig. Oh, okay <laughs> i thought you were counting along oh yeah no, i know i counting. was counting along i'm counting yeah, yeah all right so top 10 is mandy at number 10 wow the family man at number nine you love the family I love man. that movie also it holds a Christmas up movie. <laughs> yeah definitely the weatherman at number eight also a christmas movie. i don't think so <laughs> i think there was snow on the ground <laughs> Adaptation at number seven. So good. Face Off at number six. Oh my god. And here comes the top five. Let's hear it. 
the wicker man. <laughs> I forgot we did that. Oh, we, we yeah. We did that. We sure did. We sure did. Leaving Las Vegas, number four, just barely beats out the wicker man. <laughs> Two very different performances. Academy Award. Number three, everyone knows this one, National Treasure. God bless it. Number two, Deadfall. Oh, my Brilliant performance, but he's not the star. Number one, brilliant performance. He's the star. Vampires. Vampires kiss. Chef's kiss for vampires. Chef's kiss on the vampire. And spooky season. You know what's great about Vampire's Kiss is that like if you ever forget the alphabet, it's right there. (laughs) (laughs) I B C D E F J. Oh my god. So that's it, Han. That is Nicolas Cage's 102 movies definitively Defin- ranked. This is the definitive ranking. Any other ranking you've ever heard is inaccurate. This is it. Don't add us. Do not add us. <laughs> That's Do not the ranking. you dare. Is- that is it. It is we inscribed it in stone. What you didn't see is that yeah. Steve was reading yeah. from stone tablets. Stone tab- I got I got eleven stone tablets. I put ten of them on each one, <laughs> and I just carried them around. They're heavy as hell. I got and a little chisel and a hammer. It's really awkward when you have to move things yeah. in front of <laughs> other ones. Yeah, yeah, it's really tough. It, it was really hard at the beginning because you know I had to fit a hundred movies in between. Racing with the moon and Valley Girl. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So yeah, that's that. That's that. So Guys, I think, we're going to miss you. Yeah, we are. Here's what's going to happen next. We're going to take a well-deserved break <laughs> from this shit. <laughs> so will you. You'll and take so a well-deserved break from our shit. Yes. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll come back the next time Nicolas Cage has a movie out. I think, like I said earlier, it's. I remember it being April 2022. What is it? The unbear- unbearable weight of massive talent? Yeah, it's either that one or so we're we're still gonna watch the unbearable weight of massive massive talent, uh, or the retirement plan. That's another movie that's in post production that's uh, slated to come out in twenty twenty two. After that, he's got a movie called The Old Way and a movie called Butcher's Crossing. This man never stops. So, but those are in post. One's in post production. One's in pre production. So we still got a ways. I think The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent is going to be the next one, and that one should be a lot of fun. He plays himself. And he plays several versions of himself. I think they're going to do de-aging, right? Because the whole premise is that he sees ghosts of his former self. Is it going to come out? You said April. Like, why not put it out around Christmas time and make it the new Christmas Carol? <laughs> a cash-strapped Nicolas Cage agrees, oh <laughs> agrees to make a paid appearance at a billionaire superfan's birthday party, but is really an informant for the CIA since the billionaire fan is a drug kingpin and gets cast in a Tarantino movie. Wait, I'm confused. Is he an informant for the Culinary Institute of America? <laughs> or is he an informant wow. for the Central Intelligence Agency? That's what we call a callback, baby. Ba-dum, 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 yeah, April 22, 2022 is when that movie is slated to come out. So that'll be our next flick. And uh, maybe that'll be the next time we come back. And maybe, maybe at the start of the New Year's when we'll start what we've teased a few times, a season two through Nick and Thin, through Nick and Thin with friends. 
We'll get a third mic in here. We'll get a friend in here to talk about some of their favorite Nicolas Cage movies. And then maybe we'll also figure out a way to get dark. Yes. Movie. <laughs> yeah, we Not can to get dark. <laughs> maybe we'll find out a way to get dark and emotional. <laughs> yeah. So that's going to do it. Wow. So um, thank you guys for listening. I, know, I feel like we shouldn't uh, go, you know, I feel like sign we're, off without we're really that. terrible at engaging with you on social media so maybe in our time off that's what we'll take some time to try to do (laughs) yeah maybe i so like a few months ago i pretty much gave up all social media so i really only go on instagram to post a a nicholas cage post so i go on instagram like once a week if that and so i try to catch up on everything yeah you probably should instagram yeah so yeah no people have been like super nice and and uh, reaching out and you know we we've weirdly been able to help people through school and with projects and work and like some people said that it's been nice to fall asleep to us which has been weird imagine because we insert crazy i hate falling asleep to steve (laughs) (laughs) every night i fall asleep and then hannah creeps out of the room (laughs) sleeps in a different room and then before i wake up she creeps back in so that i don't yeah yeah (laughs) how did you know yeah yeah so thank you guys all so much for listening. Um, hopefully you got something out of all of this. I know we sh- certainly did. At, Absolutely. At the very I least. I feel like I'm a different person after this. At the very least, we have something to talk to, to talk about at parties. <laughs> and work, apparently. I yeah. had to give a fun fact recently, and what better fun fact to give? We are forever tied to this fun fact. <laughs> this is us. Yeah. Is this us? Is this us? Who knows? Who Find knows? out. Find out next time. On Through Nick and Thin, just remember, we are always here for you. (laughs) Through Nick and Thin. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you guys so much for 102 great episodes. We We will see you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye.